0: Hi, this is Pastor Curtis. I want to thank you for checking out the Family Church Podcast. I hope it encourages you and inspires you to take your next step of faith. You can find out more about how to do that at our website, familychurch.xyz. And if you know a friend who needs to hear this message, please forward it on to them. I hope you enjoy the message. Isn't our God great? The psalmist said in Psalm 47, verses 1 and 2, come, everyone, and clap for joy. Shout triumphant praises to the Lord, for the Lord, the God above all gods, is awesome beyond words. He is the great king of all the earth. So let's give the Lord a hand. If you haven't figured it out yet, we're going to do a lot of clapping and celebrating uh, this morning on Vision Sunday. I was trying to come up with a word that would just accurately, I think, in encapsulate kind of what, what I feel like and what God has done over the last 12, 18 months. We had a good friend of ours, good friends of ours, Brad and Carrie Mayhew, over last night, and we celebrated his 68th birthday. And right before they left, we were kind of talking a little bit, and they've been very faithful uh, online supporters as well. So if you're watching this morning, uh, hi, Brad and Carrie. But uh, he shared with me, he said, you know, one of the things that has been such an encouragement to him, because they've kind of been watching through this journey, as we've you know made these changes, and he said uh, the faithfulness of God. The faithfulness of God. He said, and that's been an encouragement to him. And I thought, you know, that that's a good word. That's a good word to describe what God has done uh, through all of this, no matter what. Because because it hasn't been easy. I'm being honest. It hasn't been easy. But you know what? God has been faithful. God has been faithful. So, anyway. Welcome everyone to Vision Sunday, Water Baptism and Family Fun Fest. This is gonna be a great day. Man. You know, as I was preparing for this morning's services, I got to thinking about our Easter services last weekend that Kyle was talking about and then what we've got planned for this morning. And I don't think, seriously, we've been here a long time. I don't think we've ever had back-to-back services like what we experienced last week and what we're about to experience this morning. I mean, how do you top, how do you top a weekend like last weekend, where we had a record attendance, 287 people. How do you top that? I'll tell you how, by baptize, baptizing 28 people this weekend. That's how you top it, right? I'm telling you folks, it's an exciting time to be at Family Church because God has a plan. And that's the title of my Vision Sunday message, God has a plan. Now, some of you might be thinking, what is a Vision Sunday, all right? So to kind of help bring some clarity to what we're doing this morning, I want to begin by looking at what the Bible says about vision. Simply defined, vision is the ability to see clearly. Living in a world full of uncertainty and where there, you know, things aren't always clear, things are kind of murky, you know, one of the most important things that God does for us is give us vision because vision helps bring stability. Think about this. Vision helps bring stability. It helps bring confidence. And most importantly, it helps bring clarity clarity So this morning we're going to talk about vision, not just vision for the church, but also your vision because not only does God have a vision for the church, he has a vision for you as well. Solomon wrote this about vision. Proverbs 28:19 he said, "Where there is no vision, the people perish." That's the old English. NIV says, where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint And that's interest, that's an interesting translation of it. In other words, here's what he's saying. If you don't have a clear vision for your life, then you're gonna think it doesn't matter how you live your life. But it does. It does matter how you live your life, right? And here at Family Church, we believe that your vision should include these four things. To be in a personal relationship with God, which is knowing God. To settle the issues of your past, which is finding freedom. To find out what your life is really all about, which is discovering purpose. And then to do something with your life that makes an eternal difference, and that's make a difference. And, but all four of those things, understand, all four of those things kind of hinge on that first one, knowing God, right? Because without knowing God, you'll never find true freedom. Without knowing God, you'll never discover your purpose in life. Without knowing God, you'll never make a difference, or at least an eternal difference, right? So let's talk about this, knowing God. What does it mean to know God? When we say we know God, we're not talking about just mental drawing mental assent. Oh, yeah, I believe there's a God. A lot of people believe there's a God, right? We're talking about knowing him personally, having a personal relationship with him. 1 Timothy six twenty one, the Apostle Paul says, some of these people have missed the important thing in life. They don't know God. They don't know God. See, this isn't just the most important part of your vision personally and individually. It's also the most important part of the church's vision corporately because as a church family, we do everything we can Think about this. We do everything we can through our giving, our serving, our praying to help people come to know God. That's the end game for us, helping people come to know God. We want people to know that Jesus came to pay for their sins so they wouldn't have to. Because at Family Church, listen, we believe people live forever. We believe people live forever, and they need to know that Jesus is the only way to God. Acts 4, verse 12, salvation comes no other way. No other name has been or will be given to us by which we can be saved. Only this one, Jesus. That's why if you're considering becoming a part of our church family, it's important that you know what we're doing to reach people who are far from God. And if you've been coming here for very long at all, you've already experienced many of these things. So real quick, here are some things that we've done to help make Family Church the easiest place for people to experience the love and forgiveness of Jesus Christ. Our AVL, audio, visual, visual lighting. Over the past 18 months, we have upgraded pretty much everything in our AVL, right? To provide an engaging, why? Why do you do that? So we can provide an engaging and powerful worship experience. I mean, come on. When you've got a worship band like ours and singers like Sam and April, you want your equipment to keep pace with your talent. Right? <laughs> Amen. But even they, listen, even they would tell you that they couldn't do it without those guys back there in that room, back there in the sound room. Seriously, let's give it up for all of our AVL team. Zach, Dan, Hank, the rest of the team, reaching reaching those who are far from God. It it includes more than just the upgrades that we've done here in the auditorium. We've also made improvements in other areas. Uh, Helping hands, our food uh, pantry ministry. You know, reorganizing our food pantry storage area so we can be more effective and more efficient in helping provide food assistance to the families in our community. Shout out to Colleen, Ronnie, Mike, and their awesome uh, food pantry dream team that helps so faithfully a couple times a month. Building and grounds, things like landscaping around the church uh, to make it more inviting, aesthetically pleasing. Things like fresh paint, new lights, bright new fun designs back in our uh, family, kids, children's ministry area. Thanks to Lisa and April Wilhite. Those gals are amazing. They are amazing. I'm pretty sure Lisa could have her own DIY show. In fact, I've already got an idea. I'm going to contact the DIY network. We'll call it uh, uh, not, uh, not Fixer Upper, but Church Fixer Upper. Because churches need fixing up too, right? Right. And then, and then every time she finished a project, then the reveal, we could have her elite athlete husband, Johnny, come running out and do a David Lee Roth high kick at the reveal. Right? Seriously, those gals, they're amazing. Young and free, not too many churches can say they have their own in-house remodel crew. That's sort of what Seth and Gage are. And s LLC, right? Not only are they killing it with our youth every Wednesday evening, they're also here for us anytime we need some work done in and around the church. And I would be remiss if I didn't recognize another godsend to family church, Derek Couch. Uh, you like those new doors over here? And they've been there for a while, but the doors into the sanctuary, the auditorium, are new west doors, you like the new flooring? Let's give it up for Derek. Him and his crew. And I know that two of those days, his crew was his wife and Bailey and Brindley. So uh, I don't know what he's paying you, Jessica, but you need to ask for a raise. So family kids, family kids, which is arguably probably our most important area of ministry, our little ones. Natalie Patton, working with Jessica Whalen, Sam and my wife. They're, they're working together to try and create an exciting, engaging worship experience for your children but even they would be the first to tell you that the blood life of this ministry, Family family Kids Dream Team, because a lot of people, it takes a lot of people to make that thing work every Sunday. So let's give it up for Family Kids (laughs) leaders and shout out to all of our Family Kids Dream Team members for all their hard work and dedication. Uh, First impressions, this is another Dream Team that's been absolutely killing it, thanks to Lori and her encouraging leadership. You talk about someone who has embraced a ministry, that gal... Tell you what, she took that thing by the horns and she is doing an excellent job. She's taking it to another level, which is good. Considering, think about this, people visiting a church for the first time, they make up their minds if they're coming back or not within the first few minutes. In fact, sometimes before they even get out of that parking, before they step out of the car, after pulling into the parking lot, people make up their minds, depending on which statistic you read, within the first four minutes of coming to a church. So that's why it is so important that we have a good First Impressions team. And we do, thanks to Lori and all of her hardworking volunteers. So let's give it up for the First Impressions (laughs) team. So why am I telling you? I'm telling you this because I want to remind you that all these things don't just happen. They don't just happen. They happen when people embrace our vision and get it. They get it. Get what? Get our vision of making Family Church the easiest place for people to experience the love and forgiveness of Jesus Christ. Because... People who get it are people who give. Just being very honest. People who get it are people who give of their time, give of their talent, give of their treasure to make these things happen. All right? You see, it's not just about embracing our vision. People, people who get it have also learned the blessing that comes from embracing God's economy, right? And what God's word says about honoring him with our giving. And you need to know, you need to know, that you're sitting next to some very, very, very generous people. People who have gotten it, and that has been evidenced in their giving. And because of people like that, we had almost 300 people between our three Easter services last week. And as more and more people begin to get it, just think how much more we could do. Just think how much more that we could do in reaching the lost, the unchurched, and the de in our community. The Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, 14 and 15, Christ's love has moved me to such extremes. Our firm decision is to work from this focused center. One man, talking about Jesus, died for everyone. That puts everyone in the same boat. He included everyone in his death so that everyone could also be included in his life, a resurrection life, a far better life than people ever lived on their own. That's what we're all about here at Family Church. Showing people that there's a far better life available to them through Jesus Christ. And we want to make it as easy as possible for them to experience that far better life that he has for you. All right. And your next step is to follow the Lord in water baptism, that outward demonstration of what God has done on the inside of you. Bible tells us that water baptism is an outward demonstration of the inward change that's taken place. Water baptism is essentially the Christian's coming out party, so to speak. It doesn't save you. It doesn't secure your place in heaven. Jesus does that. But being water baptized is letting the world know that you have decided to follow Jesus and you really don't care what other people think or say or do. First Peter three twenty one, In baptism we show that we've been saved from death and doom by the resurrection of Christ. Not because our bodies are washed clean by the water, but because in being baptized, we are turning to God and asking God to cleanse our hearts from sin. In other words, if your heart has truly been changed, it's important to let others know that. And the most powerful visual of that inward transformation is by water baptism. That's why we've got 28 people, 28 Jesus followers who are going to do this right after the second service. And for those of you who have surrendered your heart to God, it's time to take that next step in your faith journey, and that is to find freedom. Freedom from what? Freedom from what? Freedom from the issues of your past, the hurts, habits, hang-ups, things that can hinder you from experiencing God's best for your life. See, when we give our life to Jesus, the moment we confess him as our Lord and Savior and invite Jesus into our heart, at that moment, our spirit man, our spiritual being is made perfect, Okay? That part of us that lives forever—that's made perfect the moment that we accept Jesus Christ and confess Him as our Lord and Savior. That's called salvation. Okay. The problem is in this life, our spirit only makes up one third of our being, right? because we're all comprised of three parts: body, soul, and spirit. Someone once said it this way: We are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. Now, this honestly, this is probably material for another sermon, but you need to know that this—the second step of finding freedom—that that. that That's kind of trying to bring the two thirds of you that that isn't made perfect into alignment with what you've confessed with your mouth, right? The apostle Paul described it this way. And maybe you can relate to this in Romans 7, 15 and 17. I don't understand myself at all. For I really want to do what is right, but I can't. I do what I don't want to do. What I hate. But I can't help myself because I'm no longer doing it. It's the sin inside of me that is stronger than I am that makes me do these evil, evil things. So even though our spirit being is made perfect at salvation the moment we accept Christ, the rest of us oftentimes has to be dragged, screaming, and kicking to get in line with that. Right? Salvation comes in an instant. The moment someone puts their faith in Jesus Christ, but sanctification happens over time. That's why I'm excited about a new ministry that we're going to be starting here. We're going to be launching in less than a month, Celebrate Recovery. It's a faith-based 12-step recovery program for those who might be struggling with hurt, pain, addiction, or just life-controlling issues in general. So you can be looking for more information on our website regarding this much-needed and powerful ministry. Philippians 2, Paul said in Philippians 2, 12 and 13, Work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. And another way, probably the main way that we help people find freedom at Family Church is through our growth groups. Growth groups provide a place for you to learn together, to pray together, and do life together with others. Because you'll never, listen, listen, this is important. You'll never become who God called you to be, and you'll never experience all God has for you just by coming on Sunday mornings. It just won't happen. That's good that you're coming but to experience that all God has for you, you need to do life with other people to hold each other accountable. The Bible's very clear about the fact that much of our growth and our spiritual health comes through making ourselves accountable, not just to God, not just to him, but to others as well. This is how Jesus' brother, James, put it in James 5, 16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. In other words, watch this now, we go to God for forgiveness, but we go to God's people for healing. God actually designed our spiritual growth and well-being to be fostered and promoted through small groups. And we have a few different growth groups available and those are listed on our website. So sometime between now and when we start our next semester of growth groups, I would encourage you to go and check it out to see what options there are. Better yet, just talk to someone who's been a part of one of our growth groups and they'll tell you how much fun they are, how encouraging they are, how we get together and sit in a circle and sing Kumbaya. (laughs) Now, no, because I know some people think that's what, no, we don't do that. We talk about doing life together, right? Since we're about halfway through our spring semester of growth groups, it's kind of late to join now, but you, listen, you can still create your own growth group environment until we launch next semester. How? Connect with some of your friends who love God and are committed to serving him. Just talk about life and faith. Have someone over for dinner. Share what God's doing in your life. Send a text to someone someday. Just say, hey, I just want to, I'm praying for you and I want to encourage you. Uh, invite a friend or friends to join you on an, inline, on an online Bible study. See, these are ways that you can kind of do your own little growth group until you can officially jump in when we start our next semester of growth groups. Okay. So when it comes to our next steps, we start by knowing God and then finding freedom. And, and then this is where the vision gets really excited when we discover purpose. God not only created you, he also has a unique plan and purpose just for you. Listen to what the Apostle Paul said about living out this purpose in Acts 20, verse 24. However, I consider my life worth nothing. Listen to this. Worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. In other words, what Paul is telling us here is we're never going to really find out what life is about until we discover God's purpose. And not only that, once we discover God's purpose, that, think about it. Then the challenges and struggles of life that we bump up against, they can't derail us like they used to. You always wonder how, Paul, Paul, how did you just keep going? How did you keep going? Look at all the stuff that he went through. I mean, you know, the guy was, you know, traveling around, bitten by a poisonous snake, you know, was, was you know, run out of town a bunch of times, was, you know, pelted with stones. I mean, Paul, why did you keep going? Right? He tells us in his letter to the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 4, 16 and 17. We do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, though inwardly we are being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles. What? <laughs> Getting stoned? People trying to stone you to death? That's a mo- Our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. See, that's, if we just keep focused on our purpose, then we, don't, we won't get derailed as easy. Paul, Paul set the example for that. So based on this fact, what do we do? 2 Corinthians 4.18. So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. We all have a God-given purpose, and we want to help you discover what that is. That's why we encourage everyone who wants to be a part of Family Church to attend the next class that we offer each month. Kyle teaches that class, does an excellent job. Let's give Kyle a hand. Seriously, does an excellent job, uh, not just teaching that, but uh, doing a lot of things here at the church, but that's one thing that's that's in his wheelhouse. He does an excellent job of teaching our next class. We kind of lay out these four steps that we're going over. And at the end of that class, I'm just letting you know, full disclosure, at the end of that class, you'll be given an opportunity to join one of our dream teams that will help you discover God's purpose for your life. Jesus said once in Luke 10, verse 2, he said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Folks, if we learned anything from our Easter weekend services, we learned that we're in a time of harvest. And it's fun. It's kind of scary. I was sharing with Brad. You know, sometimes I'm excited, but, man, I'm kind of scared, too, because I I don't want to screw it up. You know, I just want to try and stay out of the way, you know. But we need your help. Because we're in a time of harvest, we need your help. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers. We need workers, folks. We cannot continue on this upward trajectory of what God's called us to do with our current facilities. I'm just being honest. Our space is maxed out. I don't even have an office anymore. I lease a corner of that sound room back there from Zach because I don't have an office anymore. I don't know what this looks like at this point. I really don't. I've been praying about it. I know some of you are praying about it. If you're not, I would encourage you to be praying about it. Pray for wisdom and guidance going forward. We do have some property over here to the south. You know, we've been in some preliminary discussions with the church development group out of Lincoln, Nebraska. We're we're just trying to figure out what our options are. We really are. But here's what you need to know. For us to continue our upward tick, we need everyone. Say that word with me everyone to be on board with us. This is an all-skate. This is an all-skate deal. We believe God will provide. Absolutely, we believe God will provide. But we also believe that God always uses his people. He always uses his people to provide. So be praying with us as we seek God's guidance and direction regarding our situation and what our options are for space and resources. You know, when Sue and I moved here to Wellsville in August of 1988, I thought we'd probably be here three to five years and move on. And now, almost 33 years later, we're still here. Why? No, that's not, no, 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 That's not, that's not what I, seriously, that's, that's, that wasn't my point in sharing that. Maybe I should have, been. we tried to leave, we tried to leave a few times, now you're going to take it back, right? Seriously, we did try to leave a few times because ministry can be hard, especially when you're in a pastoring in a small community. You have no previous ties to that community, and it certainly didn't help matters that when we first moved here to start pastoring, we had the labor being that church, the weird church where they swung from the chandeliers and spoke in tongues and foamed at the mouth and all that kind of stuff. You laugh. I kid you not. It was, some of the stuff we've heard people. Years ago, we had, well, not years ago, not long, months ago, I guess we had Johnny and Lisa Wilhide over and, and uh, Johnny was telling us as, as a child, I asked if I could share this, by the way, but as a young man, child, you know, school, I'm not sure what age, any time that he would come walking this way, he would go across the street. <laughs> I kid you not. Lisa, is that true? That's, true? That's true. He would go across the street because of the stuff that went on here. In this church, and I'm pretty sure Scott McDaniel shared a similar story, and you know about how you know snakes and all that stuff. Then you on. I, I don't know why people are weirded out by this church. I really don't. So, Colin, Mike, if you bring the snakes up, uh, well, <laughs> but not only were they, we the weird church, it probably didn't help matters that we homeschooled or Sue homeschooled our children when we first moved to town. So not only were we that church, we were that family. (laughs) There were times she would go to the library during the day with the kids. And people would, oh. And she would say, well, yeah, we homeschool. And they'd be like, is that legal? (laughs) People thought the church was weird. People thought our family was weird. Which I guess one could make an argument for that. But, But you know what? We tried to be faithful, to just preach the word and love people, preach the word and love people preach the word and love people. And for 30 years people came and people left and people came and people left but we continue to pursue God's purpose through building relationships planting seeds as we shared our faith journey with others. Why? Because because God has a plan. Then in the early 90s I started driving a school bus and substitute teaching at the schools and honestly I just did it for, we needed the money. <laughs> you know, I, I, I did it for the money. I didn't realize it at the time, but God had a plan. And then for about 12 years, I served as the director for the WJRC, the Recreation Commission. And again, when I took that job, I, I just needed the extra money. But God had a plan because those jobs gave me the opportunity to meet families and get to know many of the families in our community. And there are people sitting in here this morning and even people from our e-campus church watching online who I first met while either driving the school bus or through one of the rec sports programs. And some of these kids would contact me years later and ask if I would officiate their wedding. I think of Ed and Heather Scholler who they're watching online. And I did ask Heather if I could share this. And, you know, there are a couple of those kids when I first met Ed, he was a troublemaker. I mean, a uh, he was a kid that used to ride my school bus home in the afternoons. I first met Heather when she coached one of the, our son's soccer teams through the WJRC. And then again, years later, they invited me to be part of one of the most important days of their lives, their wedding, which I was, I was honored to do. And they're still married today, and they're faithful supporters of our e-campus church watching online. But they weren't the only ones. There have been many other. Similar opportunities for ministry that were created through those part-time jobs that, that I had because God had a plan. And that plan has given me a platform to speak life and blessing to people on the happiest day of their lives at their wedding. Because I've done a lot of weddings of kids that I used to, I, I picked up, I remember picking up a little girl, first day of kindergarten. And years later, she asked me to marry her. but it's also given me a platform to speak hope, comfort, and encouragement to people on the saddest and most tragic day of their lives as they had to bury a loved one or even a child or children. Why did I get these calls? Years later, why did I get these calls? Because God had a plan. A plan that allowed me to continue planting seeds of harvest. Not seeds from a sermon that I preach on Sunday morning. But seeds of a life that was focused on my purpose. Our purpose. Of trying to do what God's called us to do. When Dan and Corey Bowden started attending, not long after that, he sent this email. He said, I am writing to express my extreme gratitude To Family Church for how welcoming you have been to my entire family. Growing up, Corey and I were not raised in homes that actively attended worship ceremonies, but we both knew that we loved God. Right after we graduated high school, we moved to Colorado to attend school at at uh, Colorado State University. We joined a very small Bible church, which was okay for two young adults without kids. After we had our first child, it started to become apparent that our growing family wasn't going to fit in well with with that church's structure. We eventually left the congregation and ultimately moved back to eastern Kansas. We tried a few other services in the area but never really felt at home. In 2018, my family suffered the tragic loss of three young children in a car accident. At that time, family church started to show how wonderful they were with kind acts of support and kindness. In 2020, we finally woke up to God pushing us towards family church. It only took 25 years from when God introduced me to Curtis on a school bus, on school bus number eight twice a day, every day, to get the message. What took you so long, Dan? (laughs) From the minute we pulled into the parking lot of Family Church, we knew that this was a special place. The greeting team outside, the wonderful childcare offered, and the amazing friendliness we encountered made an outstanding impact. Beyond the accommodations, the music and the message cemented my desire to establish a relationship with this worship group. I could go on and on about Family Church and how amazing of a place it is. Thank you for everything you are, and I look forward to growing with the family again, again. This is what we're all about at Family Church. Know God. Find freedom. Discover purpose. Make a difference. Make an eternal difference in the lives of others. Jesus put it this way. He said in John 15 verse 8 and 11, this is my father's This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. See, making a difference, it's not just a command from the Lord. It's actually a recipe for joy. How many of you can use some joy? Here's, Here's a recipe right here, Right? There's a recipe right there. Start making a difference in people's lives. Real joy doesn't come from making money, having a things, even relationships. Real joy comes from actually making a difference in other people's lives. When you know you're living out your God-given purpose and making a difference in other people's lives, it will change your outlook on life, I'm telling you. That's how it works. Proverbs 11, the generous, will, the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. And those who have become one of our dream teams, they'll tell you that this is true because that's what they do. They serve faithfully each week. Most of you probably have no idea, no idea the work and preparation that goes into what we do on Sunday mornings. Not just making our Sunday morning worship experience powerful and engaging for all ages, but also making family church the easiest place for people to experience the love and forgiveness of Jesus Christ. So hopefully this message has helped with your vision, not just your understanding of family church and the vision that God's given us but also the vision that God has for you. And we would love nothing more for you to join us at Family Church as we continue to seek to be the easiest place for people to experience the love and forgiveness of Jesus. And I want to personally invite you along for the ride. If your desire is to grow in your faith, then you need to take these four steps in your spiritual journey. And if you'll do that, if you'll join us, take the next class and then help us, let us help you walk through those four steps through your ministry opportunities here at family church. If you'll do that, I'll make you a guarantee. If you'll just give us one year of your life, just you'll quit standing on the sidelines, quit sitting at the shallow end with your toe in, but go down to the deep end and jump in. If you'll if you'll trust us, if you'll trust and obey God, dump, jump into the deep end of the pool of spiritual life. If you'll do that, at the end of one year, here's the guarantee. At the end of one year, If your life isn't better, we'll give you your old life back. No questions asked. Matthew 25, 23, Jesus said, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Because we all want to hear those words, right? That's what we all want to hear. When we stand before Jesus. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, <clears throat> thank you for giving us vision. Thank you for letting us partner with you and doing ministry. Right now, we commit all our plans to you, Lord. You know what our needs are, and we recognize that where we're at today, harvest time. We recognize that that's because of you and your hand of blessing. And we're asking you as the Lord of the harvest to send us more laborers to help us. I pray that you would stir people's hearts even now as I'm praying. Thank you for the folks that you've sent to be a part of what you're doing at Family Church. Thank you for their faithfulness, for their generosity. Thank you for helping people get it as they begin to walk through these steps of faith and get to know you better so that you can set them free from the hurts and habits of their past and discover your purpose for them and then begin to actually make a difference, an eternal difference in the lives of others. I pray that you would light a fire inside every person here this morning as well as those from our Ecampus church Give them boldness to take that next step, whatever their next step might be, because we all have one. And while your heads are still bowed before the Lord, I want to give you an opportunity to come to God or come back to God, whatever the case may be. People sometimes ask me how to get saved. I tell them it's really pretty simple. But having said that, let me also be clear about this. While getting saved is easy, following Jesus, will absolutely, it will absolutely cost you. It'll cost you everything. It will cost you your life. The good news is you get a better life in return. Not just a better life, but a far better life, as Paul said. Jesus gave us his life, and all he asked Him return from us is the same commitment, our life. And you can do that right now through a simple prayer. Just pray these words. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die for me and pay for my sins. I realize I need you. I need you to heal me and cleanse me and make me whole and clean. Forgive me for my sins. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins, that he rose from the dead three days later, and he has a plan for my life. And from this day forward, I choose his will over my will. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for rising from the dead for me. And thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name.